It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Information. Two men will risk it all to bring you the latest baseball information. It's the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Synthesize for your pleasure with Michael Govier and Christopher Deary. Take it away, boys! Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. We are live on Twitter right now. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Gobier, and the guy next to me is Christopher Deary. How's it going? Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard. Week five. Wow, week five. You call it weeks like it's the NFL. I hate that. Oh, okay. Episode five. Thank you. That's much better. That's our fifth straight week. Yeah, I shouldn't do weeks because there, there may be a week we might have to miss. Yeah, I don't like the NFL. I don't know if people know that about me. I have a real beef with what the NFL is. But at the same time, every sport is full of scumbags. So what am I supposed to do? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I did. Ah, there it is. But it's a Super Bowl. It's not like, it's like a holiday. <laughs> even my girlfriend was watching the Super Bowl with her dad. So. Okay, so there it is. Yeah, people that don't even like the NFL don't know anything about football. They always watch the, football, the game. Well, I want to give a shout-out to our uh, Twitter folks. Thanks for following us. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're watching now, right now, hey, ah, we're waving if you can't see us and you're listening to us. You're very uh, animated there, Mike. That's great. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, we are so grateful to have new people in our lives. Thanks for following us. We're glad to follow you. Tons of great information out there. There is too much information, Chris. There's just too much information. I wish I could see you right now. Why? I can I'm see stuck the behind this box. I can only see like the top of your head. i got to like, peek around. I can see the top of your head. I'm going to cut a hole in this box. <laughs> we should. Like, a, what were those things where you have, like, the, you can make a periscope thing out of a cardboard? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are the uh, formerly Sharp Idiots many years ago, back in our early days. But this is the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Fantasy Podcast. We talk fantasy for the most part. We do talk all kinds of baseball, but we do focus on fantasy. And as this thing evolves, we'll keep talking about it. Does that sound reasonable? That sounds perfect, Mike. Great. So let's uh, get into leading off. So the Mookie Betts trade. We uh, didn't get to have it finalized on our last episode. Any quick comments on that? It's been analyzed to death. No, it happened. We thought it was still going to happen. Uh, I mean, I think you were you were actually kind of leaning towards it not being finalized, uh, but we knew we'd talk about something this week, whether it was going to be a done deal or not. Oh, I did the conspiracy theory. Which which uh, which was funny, because I was talking about that with everyone uh, that I was talking to at the bar this week about that. I was, I was bringing up that conspiracy theory, and they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing thinking. I'm like, nope, I'm not taking credit for that. That's my uh, old podcast buddy, Mike. Well, it turns out it wasn't that they were disappointed. They were The fans were bummed out that they didn't get enough. It's not that they traded Mookie so much as there was a huge clamor for a shortage of of the return value on the original deal. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So Mookie Betts traded. Now he's a Dodger. Uh, yes or no, he re-signs with the Dodgers. I'm going to lean towards yes at this point. 
Okay. I'm going to say he becomes a free agent but re-signs with L.A. because they're one of the best rosters in all of MLB, and there's no reason to lead that team. Absolutely. And they have the money to do it. All right, so that does cancel the Angels trade that the L.A. Angels of Anaheim of California had set up with the Dodgers. So, bummer for Billy Epler, GM of the Angels. He was going to get Stripling, which was really the centerpiece. I don't care about Jock Peterson. Mm -hmm. Getting Ross Stripling was going to be a nice addition for a team that still needs rotational players. Yeah, Stripling's on the rise. He's a guy who I could definitely see at the back end of the rotation. And uh, I, I feel really bad for him and Jack Peterson knowing that uh, you, you were just about to get traded and now, now it's pulled back and you're back on the Dodgers. And uh, So we'll see. I think Jack ends up getting moved at some point. Uh, if I'm the Dodgers, I hold on to Stripling right now. I don't know why Artie Moreno panicked and pulled out of this deal. The rumors say that Artie panicked, and he was getting sick of the waiting period. So he pulled out of the deal. That's what the rumors on Twitter say. Uh, oh. Some writers substantiated that. I don't know if he realizes the shortage of starting pitching that the Angels really need. Yeah, it's kind of an unknown in the rotation right now, especially, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Otani here soon. He's going to be out till mid-May. Uh-oh. You know, that's a hell of a lineup there in L.A. with the Angels, but, uh, yeah, they got to find some pitching if they're going to compete in a very, very competitive AL West. Yeah, you got Griffin Canning, uh, Patrick Sandoval. These are up-and-comers, starters that look promising, but not somebody or either one of them that could be guaranteed to give you 150 innings pitch next year in the rotation. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, I think they're going to have to make a move somewhere at some point, uh, and we'll see if those young guys are going to be able to come up and and be studs for them. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be on any type of innings limit or not, but uh, really, really interested to see how the Angels' pitching staff uh, starts out here in um, in, in uh, start of the season. Do you remember Big John Studd? Speaking of studs. I love Big John Studd. He was great, man. He was like six ten. He was an absolute monster. Is he dead? I believe Big John Studd is dead. He had those mm. great. He had that those uh, like white leotard with the uh, with the stars, the red stars across the uh, across the side. I had the uh, the action figure <laughs> when I was a kid. I had tons of WWF action figures as a kid. Big John Studd with two D's has been dead since 1995, so it's been a minute. Holy shit! It's been 25 years. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Sorry. Okay. I hey. thought it happened maybe the last 10 years or Big so. Big John Studd. He kind of looks like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, now that I'm looking at his picture. Yeah, uh, you had that two-by-four. <laughs> what a legend. We can do a whole pod on uh, 80s and 90s wrestlers. Yeah, only. We, we don't go past, like, 1993 or 4 max. Yeah, that's kind of when I checked out. So, Dario, how about this playoff format that's been suggested? Do you believe the rigmarole and all the hoopla going into all this? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this came out the other day. Um... So there's a few things I like about it, but there's what? more things there's more things I dislike about it. What do you it. like about it? So the only thing I like about it is the fact that the Tigers it, can make the playoffs? No, no. <laughs> and this is what most people are stating is that, you know, it gets down to the last month of the season, there's going to be a, a gaggle of teams trying to get into the playoffs. At the deadline, there might be guys, you know, teams trying to make moves to 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 bolster up their roster to go after the run. What I really really hate about it is you can't have close to half the league make the playoffs. That's just so absurd. Uh, I was just looking at the records last year. There were 16 teams above 500. So, you know, you can't have teams that are, you know, 82, 83 win teams making the playoffs. That's just so absurd to me that a team that would be close to 500 would have a shot to win a World Series title. Now, I know it's happened before. We've had some wild card teams, you know, the 06 Cardinals won 83 and ended up winning it all. But I, 
I don't like the fact that you're you're a, a middle of the road team and you have a shot to get in the playoffs. And then it's really wild. Like you get to pick your team that you would play in the playoffs, and you get all three games at home in the wild card series. Sounds like a fantasy league. That's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, the one thing I've always enjoyed about baseball is that not everybody has a shot to get into the playoffs. It's not like hockey where you know half the league makes it. NBA half the league makes it. I think NFL has the perfect format right now with 12 teams. Uh, baseball, you know, they added that that extra wild card wild card playing game now, the one game playoff, which is an exciting game. I'm not the super, a big super fan of it because I don't think it really. Let you know how you know it. It, it kind of takes away like how great the regular season is. Oh but, yeah, no um, doubt. I'm gonna be pretty upset if this goes through, and I have a feeling it's going to. Wow, Cardinals won 83 games in 2006, and they beat the Tigers in the World Series. That Tigers team wasn't even good. <laughs> well, how'd they make it to the World Series? I don't know. They just had just one of those amazing runs. Almost every team after that for the next 10 years was better, but somehow that team got the furthest. I bet if you looked up the run differential from that year, it wouldn't be that substantial. Like, because they won a lot of games by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, they won. Wait, close, skin of their yeah. teeth or neck? Which yeah, one is they it? They won the, the uh, neck, teeth. Skin you don't, of, you don't have skin, skin of my on neck, your teeth though. Skin of my teeth. I don't know which one it is. I'm confused. You guys know? Skin of your butt. The teeth or neck? Let me know. Uh, hit us up, by the way. I forgot to say this. A Palazzo podcast on Twitter, of course. If you're watching online right now, hey, or. Hit us up on email. We'd love to take your questions. People like Ricardo Montalban, uh, Greasy Dave from Livingston County, uh, John from wherever he's from, have uh, emailed us. These are real people or aliases. They really are. They are. So we love getting your email. So Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. ProtonMail.com. So you hate this playoff format, right? Uh, I actually don't care. I've got this. <laughs> NBA has had. The majority of teams go to the playoffs forever. I gr- we've grown up with it. Yeah, 16 but 16 teams get in. Yeah, but with the NBA, it's stupid because you're only going to win it if you're a one, two, or a three seed. Only one team below a three seed has ever won it in the NBA. Baseball is somewhere you get in, anyone can win it. Very similar to hockey. So, well, that I think it just true. takes away some of the regular season for baseball. There's no doubt about that. The NBA has hierarchy, and those teams are set. It's not like those one or two seeds generally lose. I think the one seeds won or lost in the opening round two or three times ever. The mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets, the 07 Warriors against the Mavs. I think that might be it. That might be it, yeah. It's very rare. Now, hockey, it happens all the time. So it, it could be more like hockey, really, because the one in the eight matchup, it happened last year when the Columbus Blue Jackets swept the Lightning in 4-0, and that was a 1-8 matchup. I had no idea that happened. <laughs> Well, you're keeping up on your hockey, dude? No, I haven't been. It's been probably, shit, it's been like 20 years since I followed hockey. <laughs> I mean, especially with the wings being as bad as they are now. Like, I don't follow it at all. <gasps> yeah, well, when we were kids, I never thought I'd hear somebody around here say something like that. This is hockey town, damn it. That's how it is now. You're right. I totally agree with you, and I will not. I won't exaggerate. I won't front, as they say. So, playoff format, I don't. if it affects fantasy in a certain way, it might keep players from getting as much rest if more teams are in it. Just a little thought there later in the year. Uh, Tigers-Pakota projections. I want to mention this real quickly since we're in the Detroit area. 69 wins from baseball prospectus, Deary. What is up with that? That's really high. <laughs> right? They do you're, like a 1,000 simulations. You're trying right? to tell me that they're not going to lose 100 games? <laughs> well, that's what baseball prospectus is predicting. Projecting. Oh, man. 
They do a thousand simulations, and they call it their uh, Player Empirical Comparison and Optimization Test Algorithm. I got them losing 100 to 105, so... Vegas, generally speaking right now, has the over-under at 56. So this is a big jump. Wow, so Pakoda's like way above this. Well, look at this. They're... Baseball Prospectus is looking at advanced metrics when they're using this algorithm, I would assume. And they are laying out what those players could do, which are Jonathan Scope, C.J. Cron. These are those some... are the two best players on the Tigers. We are... <laughs> They're better than what they had last year. And unfortunately, what comes with those players is mediocrity, but not like god-awfulness. So what you could end up having is a 65-win team that is still really bad. But if that's an 18-game jump, that looks like a marginal improvement. And really, there's not much improvement happening unless those 65 wins include some of those top-notch starting pitchers coming up and making an impact. I think if Scope and Cron are both having really good seasons, the hope is the Tigers are going to ship them off for more uh, prospects. Well, we can only hope, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple quick infield hits. Uh, who, was the, who do you think was the master of infield hits? If you had to think of a player that you've watched over the years. Oh, Ichiro. Oh. Without a doubt. That's a good call. I like that. Yeah. The no, master of the infield hit. No one better. No one better. Yeah, I mean, the way his swing was, he was already halfway down the line by the time the ball even hit the grass. Hmm. Couple of infield hits around the league. Uh, Jason Kipnis has signed a minor league deal with the Chicago Cubs. Could be a part-time player at second base. Cool. That, that's a yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a good depth signing, I believe. You know, he played in 121 games last year. I think he can give some depth to a young second base that they got there. So, uh, okay, yeah, I think if he's healthy, that's a good signing for the Cubs. He's been a uh, eh, below-average player the last three years. 32 years old, not dead yet. A's were thinking about signing him. I think it's a nice little depth move. I agree. Uh, Cameron Maben to the Tigers. Here he is, Mr. Maben, back in town. $1.5 million deal. Are you jacked? Round number three. Woohoo! Uh, Cardinals signed Brad Miller. That's a fun little signing. Brad Miller actually wasn't bad last year. He had a little bit of flash when he got the chance to play in a limited dose, and he does have pop. Okay, yeah, more depth right there for the Cardinals. I don't believe that Brad Miller will end up with the Cardinals when the regular season starts just because they have so much depth already. I mean, Tommy Edmonds is going to be struggling to battle Matt Carpenter to play at third base, and then the whole outfield is filled. I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's a pretty congested infield there. Uh, you know, unless there's an injury somewhere, then I don't see him finding a spot. And Wilmer Flores signed with the San Francisco Giants. He's back in the bigs, baby. Great. <laughs> I mean, he's still young. He's, I, I think he's only like 26, 27 years old. Uh, I mean, but he's been a bit player throughout his career. Is that really true? He is, I have it right in front of me. Wilmer Flores is 28. 28 years old, the legend. I listened to this podcast uh, recently. It was great. They led off with the <laughs> Wilmer Flores, like the legend. They really hyped him up. It was the lead off of the pod. I, I wish I could remember the name of it because I gave him a shout out on Twitter the other day. It was really funny. There's so many podcasts on fantasy baseball that I don't blame you for not listening to this one because how are you supposed to keep up? Well, yeah, I mean, look at Wilmer Flores. I mean, his, his 2015 season, which was kind of his first full season with the Mets, he had a pretty solid year and followed it with an even better year in 16, even though he was injured. And then we just really haven't seen much from him uh, with New York in the last couple of years. Yeah, welcome back to uh, San Francisco now. So how many teams is that? Like four teams now in the last five years? He's, he's really racking up the teams. All right, then the Nationals. I thought this was fun because I love saying this name. 
Emilio Bonifacio has signed minor league deal with the Nationals, and he's in camp with the Nats. Bonifacio. Speaking but, of infield hits, he was great at infield hits. Bellissima. Signore, bellissima. You like the juice? Yeah, juice is good. Juice is good. Mm, I need you some more juice. And then uh, Urias got his cast off. Mr. Urias of the Milwaukee Brewers, who everybody freaked out about a month ago because he hurt his wrist in winter ball. The cast is off. It's February 12th. That's pretty good news. That's good progress. He could make opening day roster. He wants to make opening day on the field at short. That's really good for them and the Brewers. Absolutely. And, of course, we mentioned Shohei Otani will start pitching again in mid-May, according to the Angels. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting. So he's going to start off as their designated hitter, but he's still going to be rehabbing that arm, and they're saying mid-May. They need him. They, they absolutely need him in that rotation, and being he's got to be ready to go in May. How many innings do you think Otani can really give on the mound this year, Deary? I'd say 100 to 130. Wow. 130. That's a lot, isn't it? Well, for a guy that obviously had TJ surgery, I think, and they're so cautious with him, the six-man rotation comes into play. I think we're talking about somebody who could be uh, probably uh, – he, he makes what? It's mid-May. You can make, if he makes 15 starts this year, I think that's nice. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a real boost for the Angels if he can do that. I still love him as a hitter. I think he's uh, you know fantastic, especially in that lineup. So he's definitely going to give you a boost fantasy wise if you can grab him uh, as a hitter. No doubt about it. Felix Hernandez apparently is in a battle with Sean Newcomb for the fifth spot in the Atlanta rotation. Newcomb was a reliever last year, did quite well in that role, even got a couple saves. But now he could be back in the rotation. Would you think uh, any chance Felix supplants Newcomb and they stick Newcomb in the bullpen again? I think Newcomb is better suited out of the bullpen. The problem I have with Newcomb is this guy, he did it all through his minors. He walks way too many guys, and he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. Um, the guy's got good stuff. Low uh, three ERA last year. Still only 26. Big lefty, six foot five. I'm not sure if King Felix has much left. Uh, I mean, you, you talked about whether he'd even make it to this opening day roster, or maybe he ends up in that long relief role. Uh, so I'm really interested to see. I hope it's not over for King Felix because he's someone I've always enjoyed. Absolutely. I think that King Felix is not going to make this roster. It's a fun little story. I just don't think he's got anything left in the tank, right? Yeah, he pitched so many innings out there in Seattle. Yeah, he's exhausted. It's a no-brainer. All right, so those are our little infield hits. Thank you for listening. So we're going to do first base and third base here, right? Corner infield spots. We've got our first base rankings, our third base rankings, and then we're going to talk about some players we like with their draft value is, uh, players to fade, players to dive on, and then we'll wrap that all up with the players that we just can't let go of. So, first base rankings, Deary, off the bat here, who are the guys that are no-brainers, the top 10? Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure there's really anybody in my top 10 that would be a huge surprise. You know, looking at my top 10 versus yours, it's very similar. There's a couple of spots that are that are different. Um my top three, Bellinger, Freeman, Rizzo, those are your guys too. Uh, I think all three of those guys, unbelievably dependable. I think Rizzo's a guy who, over the last few years, like I don't see him as being like this huge valued guy, but just looking into his statistics, it's so great. I mean, he doesn't swing and miss at many balls. Excellent K versus walk rate. Uh, last year he had a career high in opposite field hits, so... You know, I have him at number three, but he could be pushing uh, Freeman for number two. But I think Bellinger is the clear-cut number one guy right now. 
Um, looking at some of the other guys I have in my top 10, I have Alonzo down at four. You have him a little further down than that. Matt Olson's a guy I really, really like um, for, the, for, the, for the A's. Last year he played in 127 games. Uh, he's kind of the next tier guy that I think is on the rise. Uh, had 36 home runs in that 127 games. Uh, and he's really starting to hit the, if he can start to hit to the opposite field more often, only 18% last year, I think he's really, really going to rise. Matt Olson's very exciting. When he hit 24 bombs in the what, 59 games yeah, in 2017, went, he went when he, I remember I was playing in a fantasy final against him and I was terrified of him. And I made a mental note to look to him in 2018. And then in 2018, he played a full season's work, but he couldn't even crack 30 home runs. So he hits 24 and 59, and then 29 and 162 the next year. Yeah, he's a guy I'm keeping in my in one of my keeper leagues. Uh, he's like the fourth guy on my roster that I'm all about. I love that lineup in Oakland, and I've talked about that the last few weeks. So I see big things out of Matt Olson this year. Let me ask you about Pete Alonzo. I, I put him down lower in my rankings in the top 10 because I just don't believe he's going to repeat what he did in his rookie year. There's going to be some adjustment from other pitchers, and there's changes – that will reduce his opportunity. I feel that the value of him and Matt Olson are identical, but you're paying way too high a price for Alonzo. Yeah, so Alonzo right now, ADP 30. Olson ADP is 67, which is like, I think Olson's going to go above that. So there's definitely a regression expected for Pete Alonzo. I mean, 54 home runs or 53 home runs. That's just insane. So there's definitely a regression that's going to happen. He's going to strike out a ton. He'll probably strike out more than anybody else at, at first base. But I think 40 home runs, 100 runs, and 100 RBIs is still possible. But if you think about draft value, Olsen, you can get him 35 picks later, roughly, and then you can go for a better pitcher up front. You know, If Alonzo and Olsen are identical, which I do believe they are, I just think you're getting better value. You want to maximize your opportunity, and if you can get someone later, then make a move for a less obvious position if you're drafting where Alonzo would be in the you know third fourth round I, I think the sneaky part about this is Rizzo Rizzo is 56 ADP and I have him over Alonzo by a lot I think people maybe get down on Rizzo because of uh you know 27 home runs last year but the guy the guy's a stud I mean if he can bump up those home runs a little bit I think he's close to 100 runs close to 100 RBIs gonna walk a ton again guy just Murders the ball when it's right in the zone for him. Uh, OPS last year of 924. I don't think Alonzo with his 941 OPS is going to be that high this year. So I think I think Rizzo's the guy you take over Alonzo. I think Alonzo may even go above 30 in some leagues, which I think is kind of yep. crazy. Oh, it's tantalizing. All those homers, baby. But for me, if you if you want Pete Alonzo and you think he's going to go 40, 100, 100, go ahead and grab him. Uh, Sometimes with me, I don't look at these ADPs. And it's more about a feel of who a guy I like. So a guy like a Matt feel, Olson. Feel, 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 feel. Love it. Awesome. Feel my heat. Awesome. So a guy like Olson, yeah. Olson's there in the, you know, fifth round. I'm definitely taking him. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fun. I agree with you on Olson, And I just think you're getting better value. I would fade out Alonzo. i just not feeling the Alonzo hype. There's going to be a regression. Yeah, you got Alonzo, I think, down at eight or nine on your list of top first basemen. You're damn right I do. No, I got no problem with the guys you have in front of them, though. Uh, Max Muncy, I think, is going to be an absolute beast over there. He's got eligibility at a couple positions. Uh, I think you have him at six, and I have him maybe at seven. Um, well, I like how we both put Rizzo at three, top three. Yeah, well, it Because yeah, he's going, what, the question. 50s right now on average? 56. <sighs> Man, I think that is great value. In my home league, in the Bless You Boys, which is my home fantasy league, 
the Rizzo was traded, and I thought it was a real steal for the other guy. It was a part. It ended up being a Machado deal. Would you rather have Machado or Rizzo? Rizzo. Absolutely. I'm not a Machado I, fan. And it's also an OBP league, so it's much more blatant. But if, if it wasn't an OBP league and it was just a standard league, not even a points league, or if it was a Roto, I would rather have Rizzo than Machado because Machado will never steal bases again. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, you also have uh, – so you have Goldschmidt and Bell ahead of Alonzo too. You know, we talked about Bell. I think it was on the first pod, and I wasn't a – I wasn't really big into him, but I'm kind of buying into him a little bit now. The further I dove into his numbers, that walk rate is incredible. Sure, there might be a little bit of a regression last year. Um, let's see if he can do it over a full season. It was kind of like a half a season that he was nuts last year. And he's on a really shitty team. But if he can have less than you know 120 strikeouts, the guy's only 27 years old, so he's probably on the up and up right now. So I can't give Josh Bell away in my home league. I have him again. He's like a borderline keeper. It's between him, Clevenger, and Gary Sanchez. You're in love. Have to keep two of the three, and, and nobody wants Bell. I can't move him. People think he stinks. Like the guy has a pedigree. He's not just someone who came out of nowhere. I think if you, yeah, I mean the guy was a huge prospect for them. It took him a couple years, but last year was his you know coming out party. I. I don't think you're upset if you get Josh Bell. And what, what's Josh, Josh Bell's ADP right now? Uh, 80, he's been going about, yeah, he's been going in the 80s, right next to okay. Gary Sanchez, very tight. Um, the only reason I question Clevenger, not because Clevenger's not good, he's amazing, but I just don't like to keep starting pitchers. That's always been my philosophy in this league because you can stream and do other things, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, do you think you could uh, ship off Clevenger? You could, but I, not if, if it's not the right value, I don't want to give it up either. you got to be smart, and you got to go into the – if you're playing in a dynasty league or a keeper league, you got to play it cool because if you don't get the value you want now, you got to hold firm and then wait till the draft goes through, and then you can make better trades later on when the season goes on when there's more players on a roster to be picked at plus next year's picks. So I think you're keeping uh, Bell and Sanchez there. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I did mention – or I wanted to mention that uh, uh, Jose Abreu is your number nine, and I didn't even put him in my top ten. Now, people might be like, hey, what are you doing? I just don't like Jose Abreu's game. He doesn't walk much as a first baseman at all. I'd really like to see him get on base more. 5.2%. It's one of the worst. It may be, I think it's actually the worst out of the top 30 first basemen. Really, really bad. Right. And he's just not a guy who produces on a consistent basis for me. I mean, he gives you some of the classic first base stats, home runs and RBIs. Last year, 33 homers, 123 RBIs. That's very nice. That looks good on paper. But then with that walk rate and, and combined with the BABIP of 320, it's, it's his career is 327, okay? So he's somebody who looks like he should hit for better average based on his luck with BABIP, but he doesn't always do that. 265 in 2018, popped up to 284 last year on his average. I just don't like first basemen that don't walk and don't have a good play discipline. So count me out. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Three straight years with less than 40 walks. That's just unheard of for a, for a first baseman. Now, here's what I do like about him and why I have him in my top 10. I think that lineup is going to be killer. And I think he mm. has the chance to have 100 runs and, 100, and maybe 130, maybe 140 RBIs. He had 123 last year. I think that lineup is going to be murderous there out there in Chicago. So, yeah, I threw him in there as my number nine guy. Well... Abreu is someone I've just never liked, and that's how I'm going to stay. I don't care what anyone tells me. That's just the way it's going to be right now. But it's if you like Abreu, hey, write us in. Ask, tell us why you like Abreu. Tell us why we're crazy. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. He had the third most RBIs out of first baseman last year. That's great. Eduardo Escobar had a ton of RBIs <laughs> last year, and I'm not <laughs> drafting him either. 
Okay, last thing I want to say is uh, Reese Hoskins sneaks in the top 10 at number 10 for both of us. What do you think of Reese Hoskins? Do you think there's a breakout brewing? He's shown a couple of seasons of being kind of the same player, a disappointingly low OBP in my opinion, 364, 354 the last two years. I'm, I don't think for a guy who had 116 walks that his OBP should be so low, but his batting average kills him because his launch angle is insane. Yeah, uh, fly ball on 50% of the – 50% of the balls that he hits with that bat. Uh, Modern-day kind of Adam Dunn right now. 16.5% uh, of the time he walks. Pretty good Z contact. Babip, 267, which I think that's just where it's going to stick. The thing is, is, he doesn't swing and miss terribly too much. But yeah, OPS of 819. I feel like maybe he improves on some of these you know, numbers here. And you know, close to 100 runs, close to 100 RBIs. Over 30 home runs. I think he's right there on the edge of 10. He could he could end up being a top five guy. He could end up being you know down near 20. So I think he's he's a real mystery going into this season. Hopefully that you know the batting coach out there in Philly's working with them and see if we can straighten out some of these kinks. And he's a guy who really could be a high riser, but we'll see. Do you so like right the now, kinks? Right now 106 for an ADP. Are you a Kinks fan? A Kinks fan? Yeah, you just said the Kinks. Oh yeah, the Kinks. Uh, yeah, I guess they're all right. <laughs> I love the Kinks. I think they're very underrated. Under, Eight, 80s underrated? Kinks? I like 80s Kinks. It's I think, fun. I think, they're rated just, I think they're rated just fine. Oh, yeah. There you go. 80s Kinks. They did it for so many years. Are Kinks in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? True yeah, or they have to be. I would assume they are. Yeah, they definitely are. Hmm. The, da uh, the Davies brothers. Okay, sorry. So, yeah. So, Hoskins, 106 ADP on average. Wow, that's a bargain. Wouldn't would you, you rather have him or Trey Mancini? Because their ADP is right around the same. Man, the Mancini hype train is exploding. There's a lot of passion for Mr. Mancini this year. He hits in a great ballpark. The ball flies out in the summer at Camden Yards. It's you know, tough. I was shocked to look. I had him a couple years ago, and I really liked him. I didn't keep him. I was shocked that he had 35 home runs, 106 runs, and 97 RBIs on a terrible Orioles team. His walk rate has increased every year over the last three years. What I really like about him is he sprays the ball to all parts of the ballpark. You just talked about how amazing it is to hit in Baltimore. He's 27 years old. He's certainly a guy that's on the rise. No complaints for me. I would love to have me some Mancini. Hook me up. 899 yeah. OPS last year. Put some butter on it and hook me up, man. I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, so Mancini over Hoskins. God, it's such a tough call. I can't pick. If it was an OBP league, I might just... I probably might give Mancini a run. It would have to depend on situation. If I could get Mancini slightly later than Hoskins, then I would do that. But if they were both in the same round and, like, pick 110, I'd probably go Mancini just because I like the profile a little bit better and I love the ballpark. And Philadelphia has a great ballpark to hit in, too. That's really – I'm torn, man. I am ripped torn. <laughs> I am definitely ripped torn. So I wanted to discuss some uh, – players that we believe in and this is our remember like i always say it's gonna be leave my time no matter what baby <laughs> believe it segment that's right it's a tribute to jose lima he believed and he always a believer and lima I, can't, time. I can't believe he's dead it really blows my yeah, mind that's too bad he was what a very a what a bummer he was he was i remember when he was a tiger and he was a nobody but then he went to the dodgers and he exploded because he got so passionate and that people loved his personality in la and he was in the playoffs that one year. It was a real fun, fun baseball player, and this is a tribute to his memory. So first baseman that I like 
The first one to me is Mark Canha. Is it Canha or Canna? Canna. You got it right. Mark Canna do it this year. I wonder. He's 30 years old. Do you think that his age turns people off? He's like he comes out of nowhere supposedly. No, I mean that happens a lot, and a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, in their career where you know they're kind of stuck in the minors. They become, they come up, and they're just kind of a bit player. Uh, last year, you know, with the injuries that happened out in Oakland, he, uh, you know, was playing all over the park. He was playing a little bit of center field, playing first base. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Canna. I like him. I, I think he's a good guy to mention that you can get pretty, pretty low. Well, five years ago for the A's, he played in 124 games, and he had a seven percent walk rate. The 315 OBP, the walk rate, nothing compared to what it was last year, where it was at 13.5%. So who is this guy? Who is Mark Hanna? In the, in the third sample, this was 2018, he played 122 games, and he had an 8% walk rate. So he basically goes from 6.8 and 15 to the next big sample of 8% in 2018 to last year's last big sample, 13.5%. Will the real Mark Hanna please stand up? Day. So, yeah, he's going to start out there in left field for the A's. Uh, we've talked about it. Very, very formidable lineup. So I think he's going to have some opportunities this year and maybe you know continue on what he did last year. What does stand out to me is that he had a 244 ISO, which really is impressive. It went from 200 in 2018 and all the way, way up from 172 back in 15. So if you look at his three years where he played at least 120 games, those three years, 15, 18, 19. There's been a big jump, and he's 30. So who's to say this isn't what he'll be now? But if he regresses, then maybe he's not worth the value. But I like what I'm seeing. What's the ADP on Canna right now? I'm going to have to check down that for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the meantime, I'm wondering, is there a player that you like, that you believe in right now? A believer. You're a believer in. And it is definitely Lima time at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, so it's really difficult, like... I mean, after those kind of first 10, 12 guys, I'm just not super huge on a lot of guys. But there'll be a couple guys I, I, I'm just going to talk about here. I'm going to talk about Luke Voigt to start off. Wow. So Luke Voigt played in 118 games last year. The guy's still only 28 years old. Hernia surgery. All the way through his minor league career and the short time he's been up with the Yankees, he's always had a high BABIP. It was at 345 last year, 21 home runs, 72 runs, 62 RBI. He supplanted himself as the first baseman there in New York. Good, real, real good walk rate, 13.9%, which is, you know, above league average without a doubt. Swing strike rate is not good, 15.7. That's real, real high for a first baseman. ADP right now, 190. If he's there at 190, he could be very, very serviceable in your lineup as your first baseman. So I, I think I'm buying in on Voight. By the way, Canada's ADP right now is 283. Wow. People are not buying into that it. That could be big value there. This is a... Now Yahoo's been mixed in since they've got going. And on Yahoo, his ADP is 370, just to throw that out there. So no one's believing on the Yahoo side early on. I think there's people that don't even know Canna is the starting left fielder for the A's. <laughs> I think that's very possible. By the way, I love Luke Voigt as long as he's healthy. Because I, I am concerned there's so many players on the team that at-bats <laughs> could really be a problem. Yeah. But I love his game. He's got killer plate discipline. He's got power. I mean, he came on the scene in a burst, which was very exciting. So I like... His game, I just wonder, with all the DH space being so limited between Stanton and Judge and Gary Sanchez being a bad catcher, something to watch out for. Yeah, the guy, dude, that guy's upper body is insane. He's like the brawny man. <laughs> the brawny man. Yeah, what's that guy's name? Brawny Braun Braun or something? 
Is that his name? I have no idea. Does, Does he, he have, have a name? name? I don't know. I, I just remember... Uh, it's like the, Phil or Luke. I remember the... Is that Braun and Brawny? Are those two different things? Lloyd Braun. <laughs> Who's Lloyd Braun? Oh, come on, man. I, I don't know who Lloyd Braun is, do I? From Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, of course I do. Lloyd <laughs> Braun. He chews that crappy gum. What is that gum? It's like disgusting. Does it have a flavor or is it gross? I don't like know. dentine. <laughs> oh, do you, I like dentine. It's underrated. No, I'm a trident guy. Just kidding. All right, then my next player to believe in is Garrett Cooper of the Florida Marlins. 107 games last year, 15 home runs, 50 ribbies, 8% walk rate, hit 280, 350 OBP, and a slugging around 450. Do you find value in Garrett Cooper, who is really just on the youthful side, but he's 29? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the Marlins, I think that, you know, their team is kind of on the up and up here. They're starting to, you know, piece some things together a little better. Cooper, pretty good value. You can get him pretty late. I mean, he might not be your, your starting guy. You could plug him in on the bench. But, uh, you know, those numbers seem pretty decent for uh, for a guy at, you know, wherever he's going to be at ADP. 26% K rate last year. Okay, that's real bad. <laughs> um, but he hit 280. So what if he could cut down those Ks and crack 300? I'll be honest with you. I don't know a ton about him. Well, I don't know a ton about any guys in the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Marlins could be a fun fantasy uh, little pot for you to dip your hands into. I do think there's opportunity. However, Garrett Cooper is just somebody I was impressed by. I know he's getting run late in his career because he's 29. And when I said he was young is what I meant is that he does not have a lot of experience. He played 13 games with the Yankees in 2017. In 2018, he played 14 games with the Marlins. I just think Garrett Cooper is someone to keep an eye on. Someone I believe in. Anybody else you believe in, Deary? Uh, yeah, I believe in someone that you don't believe in at all. Who? Uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Whoa! It's not that I don't believe in him. I just wonder. Well, I think I, his thirty, his eight-year thirty uh, home run streak will end this year. He's thirty-seven years old now. Had thirty-four home runs last year. Uh, still a really good walk rate of eleven point nine percent. ADP one sixty-two right now. It's what I talked about with the White Sox. That lineup is going to be killer. I think you love he, it. I think he hits over 30 home runs again if he can play for nine straight years. If he can play 130 games, I think he does it again. Stunning. That is stunning information. I don't believe that he's going to do 30 home runs for the ninth straight year at 37 it's, years. Old. Yeah, it's so odd. Is like he trending towards being a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. He's 414 career home runs already. Yeah, that's not enough yet. So if he hits another 30, he gets over 450. He's gonna have to play to 40. With the ADP at 162, if he's there, yeah, go ahead and grab him. Well, since the StatCast era started, his barrel percentage has been very consistent. He's gone from 10 to 12 to 10 to 11 to 12. So he is always barreling on a pretty consistent basis wherever he's played the last five years. I think that's impressive. We know he's got the power. He doesn't walk enough. I wish he walked a little bit more, had a little oh, more that's play not, discipline. That's not, that's, it's not bad. It's weird, though. His BABIP is only 239. So it's like... When That's he... horrid. <laughs> That's like Reese Hoskins territory. It's interesting. All right. Well, I don't... I want to be clear. I, I don't dislike Edwin Encarnacion. I just don't think at the value... I think there's better players you can get later at a deep position like first base that will provide mostly the same return. That's how I see it. But I don't dislike Edwin. It seems like a lifetime ago that he was a Reds prospect. Yeah. And then he broke through with the Blue Jays. That seems like so God, those Blue Jays, Those Blue Jays teams were fun. Did they make two straight ALCSs, or was it just They made one? two. I don't know if they made them back-to-back. -back. Yeah. But they, I did, they definitely made a run there. It was a fun team. Joey Bats and company. Joey Bats. All right, my last uh, believe-it first baseman is Brandon Lowe. Brandon Lau? 
I think it's Lau. Brandon Lau. I believe you're right. Brandon Lau. I love Brandon Lau. He is a player that... Why do you love him? Tell me why. Because he's got great plate discipline. I love plate discipline. You know me. I can't get enough of it. He's a guy who will walk even... He'll walk much more than he did last year. In 82 games, he got hurt last year. He walked at a rate of 8%. Now... I don't believe that's his real game. I believe this is a guy who should have a double-digit walk percentage. His minor league track record showed that. And he's still got so much to grow into at 25 years old. I love Brandon Lau, and I think he's someone you can get way down who could provide you a substantial return. Plus, he can steal bags. He only stole five last year, but I believe there's more in that. There's more to be offered in the steals category. Yeah, interesting player. I hit him last year for the for the run that he was on. He was hitting the ball really well. Uh, I like the, the the possible speed that he brings. 17 home runs in 82 games. That's real nice. Here's what I really dislike about it. The guy has always struck out a ton. 34.6% last year. Ah! All through the minors, it's been well over 20. Uh-huh. OBP of 336 last year. That's disappointing. But yeah, like you said, if he can if he can bump up those that walk rate and get it closer to ten percent, then some of these numbers are going to even out. But uh, I'm not buying a, on board right right yet. He did have over five hundred slugging percentage, five fourteen. I know that strikeout rate stinks, but if he can work on that a tad, bring that down. And he hit two seventy, and he's not necessarily a great batting average player. What he has on his side is that he's young. You said he's what, twenty five years old? Twenty five, but he's also. Tampa Bay has so many players. It's a log jam. That a is a fun, problem. What a fun team they have. There's people we just forget about completely, like Joey Wendell. He's coming back. He was injured most of last year. There's just so many guys that you, oh, that guy's on the team. Oh, that guy's on the team. Yandy Diaz. I mean, it it goes it's deep. It's a crowded infield. It sure is. So that does warrant some serious concern. Just take a note of that. All right, so how about some players to say goodbye to, to maybe fade, fade them back a little bit? Some zombies, really. These are zombies. You don't want a zombie on your team because if you have a zombie, <laughs> that player is probably not functional. So is there a first baseman that you would consider a zombie? Yeah, there's two guys that I'm going to mention. They're veterans. Uh, and it's really the first guy I'm going to mention is just really sad. Uh, Joey Votto. It's Joey over. Joey Votto? It's over, folks. Um, He's the walking dead? He is the walking dead. Last year wow. he had 50 more strikeouts than walks. He was a guy that always walks walks right around the same rate as he struck out. Only 15 home runs last year. Uh, you know, he's starting to strike out a lot more. An OPS of six or 768 last year. His ADP right now is 243. I don't think he's really bouncing back to what he used to be several years ago. However... It is a really nice lineup in Cincinnati. If he can stay healthy, maybe he gets an uptick in those RBIs, but I'm starting to think it might be over for Joey Votto. And it's sad because he's a guy that I've always really liked. The second guy is, remember when Eric Hosmer was like a first baseman that you wanted on your fantasy team? Not me, but others may have. Others sure. did. I mean, he had an 882 OPS back in 2017 with Casey. Signs the big deal with San Diego and... Sure, 99 RBIs looks nice. 22 home runs, 72 runs. I guess that's okay. The guy, the guy does not walk though. Six percent of the time he's up at the plate, he's walking. Is anything down the plate, he's swinging and missing at for some reason. 735 OPS last year. You know that's a nice lineup in San Diego. But I don't know what happened to Eric Hosmer. I thought he was always on the up and up. His ADP is at 216. He's still only 30 years old, but I think he's a, I think he's a zombie. I think him him and Votto are the Walking Dead. He was there. a real life he was a real life player who was legit, great leader, killer defensive skills. 
I just didn't see him as a fantasy asset, in my opinion. And maybe that makes me wise or just lucky. I don't know. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's far better of a just a clubhouse guy and solid MLB player. Excellent glove at first base. But as fantasy-wise, I wouldn't even roster him. Okay, well, a couple of the walking dead. The walking dead on my list would be simple. I already said Pete Alonso. I really believe there's better value later. It's not that Pete Alonso's a bad player. I just think you can get similar production from several other players later in the draft. I, a guy like uh, Matt Olson, as I suggested, you can go later with him. Uh, Josh Bell, I think Josh Bell can do what Pete Alonso did. He has just as much power. I really don't doubt that at all. And to me, you're, you're pushing the limits with Pete Alonso that high in the draft. And then I also think Justin Smoke, who's someone who's way down. Justin Smoke's, I think, around 480p or somewhere in that range. But a lot of people are getting excited on the hype train because he's in a great park now. He's going to be playing in Milwaukee. And the problem I see beyond him being older and maybe just being a very inconsistent player is that he's going to be splitting time with Ryan Braun at first base. So Justin Smoke is not somebody I'd be targeting. Smoke's a guy you go after when he goes on a nice one-week run and Braun is injured for a bit. Maybe you roster him for a couple weeks, but I wouldn't buy in on him all season. He's, the one thing about Smoke is he has a great walk rate. Last year, 16%. That's beautiful. That's, but fan, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. But even at that rate, he's only getting on base at 342 because he hit 208. It's bogus. It's very bogus. So I know Smoke's not – you're like, well, that's like obvious. I wouldn't draft Smoke very highly. I'm not saying draft him high. I just say avoid him altogether. All right, so let's do a final little would you rather in our first base segment. Deary, real quick, I want you to tell me, based on Fantasy Pros ADP, would you rather have the following two players? Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Goldschmidt or Anthony Rizzo? Anthony Rizzo. Mancini or Hoskins? We did this earlier, actually. Wow. Mm. God, they're so close to each other. Very tough. I'm going to go with Hoskins. Wow. Uh, Votto versus Hosmer or C, neither? <laughs> oh, it'd be neither, yeah. We just talked about those two. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Lastly, uh, Christian Walker versus Luke Voigt. Christian Walker's a guy I kind of like. Uh, nice walk rate last year, 825 OPS, You know, kind of a high K rate. Lineup's continuing to improve, uh, but I go with Voigt. Wow. Christian Walker is a fun player, someone to look at. His barrel percentage last year, 13%. That's real nice. That was top 10% in the league. And in limited efforts the year before that, he was at 14%, much less, much smaller of a sample size. So. Yeah, he's listed as like the 20th best first baseman. I, I, I inch him maybe closer to about 15. He's someone who kills the ball. I mean, 48% hard hit rate is also up in the upper echelon of the leagues. Very impressive player when it comes to power. So 29 home runs last year, 86 runs, 73 RBIs, and a really, really bad lineup. Hey, you, you know, I'm going to be better this year. He was on the Orioles. He was a highly touted prospect, and then he just showed up in Arizona all of a sudden later on in his career, and people like, oh, there's that guy again. I, I buy into the Walker. I'm completely in that with you. I would take, for the value, to, I think maybe Walker, there's no really worries about playing time. Mm -hmm. Maybe not that great against lefties. That could be a minor concern if you're looking to pinpoint something, but... I like that. I like Walker. I'm with you. Okay, so that's first base. If you have any questions about first base, hit us at Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's all day long. So third base is the other side of the infield across from first base. They call it the hot corner. Deary, 
I think our number one player is different right off the bat. You've got Arenado. I've got Bregman. Tell me why. Is there a difference? Is this splitting hairs? Yeah, you know, I uh, in, my, in my notes here is just Bregman's pushing for number one. I have Arenado there. You look at their numbers last year. You're definitely taking Bregman if you if you just look at their numbers from last year. What I really, really love about Bregman, it's why you have him number one. This guy gets on base. 17.2% walk rate is incredible. Both these guys smash the ball when it's in the zone. Bregman never swings and misses at a ball. It's so incredible. He had the best swing strike rate in at his position, basically, at, at, at third base. OPS over 1,000 last year. ADP at number eight right now. But I do have Arenado just one click above him. I think he's the top dog, primetime player. But it, the gap is definitely closing. I think Arenado is someone who's going to be really kind of confusing because with the uncertainty at the Rockies and the GM yesterday for the Rockies wouldn't even answer a question when the media asked him about it. He's like, next question, no comment. It's really uncomfortable there, and I think it's really going to be a bummer for the team. Will it drag him down? These are human beings, and the mentality that goes on in a clubhouse could really affect the situation. I don't know if he is above all that. He has an opt-out, but it's not for a couple years yet. So, to me, Bregman also has a similar situation. That's why I think they're both really similar cases. Obviously, the Bregman cheating scandal, the Astros. Jim Crane is right now, as we speak, probably huddling up with all the players at spring training so they could get their message on brand. I think both these guys are gamers, and I don't think those distractions are going are gonna to do anything to their fantasy value. Wow, Really? Haven't we seen, I mean, Joey Votto got depressed before. Zach Grinke's dealt with depression. These things do happen. Are you saying these guys are battling depression? They might. They could be devastated. <laughs> they could be in a real. Let's not make that claim without any evidence here. Oh, no, I, I don't have anything to prove it at all. But they could really be suffering in a mental kind of way with all of the negative publicity surrounding situations they're in. I'm just saying, something to think about. It doesn't mean it's an absolute, but we got to remember these are not just guys on a stat sheet or in an Excel spreadsheet. These are real people. Just something to think about. Okay, as far as the rest of the top 10, I see that Manny Machado barely sneaks in there at number 10, right? And then you put Bryant below Muncie, Suarez, Donaldson. Even that is interesting. Chris Bryant, are you not a fan? I I, I sure did. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Bryant. Um, so it's been three years since he had over 80 RBIs, 145 strikeouts last year. Um, I really don't like his K percentage, 22.4. Um, walk percentage is okay, so I'm okay with that. Babip of 331, which is pretty consistent. Um, I just don't see him putting up. You know. It, I see 30 home runs, 100 runs, 80 RBIs. I can't put that ahead of guys, you know, like like a Muncie or Josh Donaldson. So let me talk about Josh Donaldson really quick. Josh Donaldson is on a really, really killer lineup in Minnesota. If he can continue to murder the ball up the field and hit the ball the other way like he's done over his whole career, I think 35, 100, and 100 is no problem for him, and he's going to walk more than Bryant. So that's why I have it above him. I've never been a huge... Bryant fan. I know I asked you the question last year, is Bryant a top five third baseman? Uh, you said yes. Uh, I, I just I don't see it. Donaldson is barely going in the top 100 at 96.8 on average. So there is a lot of doubt for a guy who just crushed it last year and has won an MVP in the last five years. Yeah, and he's healthy. 
Yes, that's exactly the point. And he's in an amazing lineup. How do they have nine? Yeah, I, six guys with thirty home runs in their projected lineup this coming season. Fantasy pros have him at ninety-three. Yeah, I think it's a real bargain. I think you're probably right about that. People are they're fading him for some reason because they don't believe like it's a one-hit wonder. This is not Mark Canha. This is not Garrett Cooper. Guys who are making slight progress, all you know, in a year, and then you're like, hey, where's the production prior to this? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Brian is at 45 ADP, Machado 49. Like we said, Donaldson's at 93. Max Muncy's at 74. I got both those guys ahead of of, of Bryant and Machado. Uh, I'd definitely take Muncy over Bryant all day. I love Muncy's game. You know me. I love play discipline. The The eligibility is very exciting with the second base thrown in there. Man. Yep, killer lineup. What are your, What's your take on Machado? Uh, I'm just not interested anymore. Yeah, guy, neither am I. Well, it's what I just said. You know what I say. He doesn't walk. And if he's not stealing either, I'm totally off his game completely. Unless there's some kind of resurgence or renaissance that happens at this age in his second year in San Diego. Forget it. I don't want anything to do with Manny Machado. 796 OPS last year. That's awful. I sold Machado last year right before the season started. Not that I'm some prognosticator, but it was in April. I traded him for Clevenger, Paxton, and Ken Giles, and I never looked back. Yeah, I would not take Machado at 49. I mean, someone's going to pull that trigger. He only had 21 doubles last year. Uh, it's yeah, a name. I'm, I'm off Machado, man. It, yeah, it's a name. Sure, he'll give you 30 home runs, 80 runs, 80 RBIs. You know, just looking at his stats, that's what he did last year. But, like, he never jumped off the board for me last year. I was like, ooh, ooh, I got to go after Machado because he's having this great year. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I can imagine you sitting in a chair doing that. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I think Machado's a name. People jump for names. That's how it goes. Uh, rest of the top 10 overall looks pretty healthy. Uh, Suarez, no doubt about the shoulder. You have no concerns? Um, I hope not. <laughs> I'm, I'm mildly concerned. I mean, it's a shoulder injury. He's supposed to be back relatively early into the season. No major long-term issue as far as we know. But if it zaps his power at all, it's something to think about. And I know yeah, it's I mean, Great it American is... Ballpark where the ball flies out like... Uh, Nothing else. 49 home runs last year. He had 49 home runs, but he also had 189 strikeouts, which was 57 more than he had in 2018. Woo. 52% pull percentage. It was just like everything that he pulled, he just went out of the park. Okay, so I want to mention something here. I originally <laughs> I did this list, and I left Raphael Devers out of the top 10. Yeah, I think Tell me how stupid I am. I think you're wrong on that, Mike. Tell me how dumb I am, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, it's it's dumb. I have him, I think, where do I have him? You have him at? fifth here. I, I have him fifth. Yeah, the guy's on the up and up. 32 home runs last year, 129 runs, 115 ribbies. Got to believe that walk percentage is going to go up a little bit. You know, he's still such a young guy. 339 BABIP, which I really, really like. 916 OPS. Um, you know, his K rate started to drop. It was 20% uh, the la- last year, it's seven, down to 17% last year. So... ADP right now for Devers is 25, which I think may be a little high, but, you know, I like Devers. It's just that his K rate went down 7% in one year. That's incredible. Oh, so was it at 24% last year? Yeah. In 2018, it was at 24.7, and then he went down to 17 last year. That's what, 25 years old? He's 23, I believe. Oh, geez. Yeah, he's 23 years old, man. He's very young. He's got his whole career ahead of him. It, It just seems like a massive jump. Mookie Betts is no longer in the lineup. I wonder if there's a regression here. I, I just It just feels like it was too good to be true too fast, but his StatCast data completely backs up what he does in terms of smacking the hell out of the ball with exit velocity, his hard hit percentage, 40, 
seven percent. He, he led third baseman in runs, 129 runs. That's he did. Incredible. He, he yeah. was a hot prospect yeah. too. So there's no reason top to think five, top five in RBIs. I just, I just am a little suspect of a big season like that. I wonder if there's going to be some regression. I mean, he could continue, and this could be him for ever for the yeah, next he, 10 he, years he could be mvp worthy this year who knows he could be his iso jump from 193 to 244 uh so the extra base hits the power is there his babip though did go from 281 to 340 so take a note of that what was, That's his, a big... what was his babip throughout the throughout the minors what was he generally at i know he didn't play much in the 326 minor, 328 in big sample sizes 316 generally from 316 to 330 in that area so his babip so maybe a little dip this year, but should still be over, you know, th- around 310, 315. In 58 games in 2017 with the Red Sox, he had a 342 Babbitt, but that was only 58 games. So I don't know. I think maybe the batting average shouldn't be 311. I don't think he's going to hit that high. So watch out for that. Doesn't walk as much as he'd like. I think there's regression to come on those couple of areas, batting average and OBP. Stay tuned on that. Okay. So that's pretty much the top 10. Any other final comments? I put Moncada in my top 10. Is that crazy? Uh, you have him just outside, no, I think, No, I don't. Right? I don't. I mean, ADP, 69. He's logjammed with a bunch of other guys. Uh, you He's know. Good. He could do it all, though, man. He really could. Maybe not batting average, but he really can do so much. His BABIP last year? This was, is legendary. It was one of the highest since World War II. 406. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. If I, I was listening to the ESPN Incredible. with uh, Eric Carabell and Christian Cockcroft, and Cockcroft said it was one of the highest BABIPs since World War II. Unbelievable. It's amazing. I, I, li- I like Mankata. Obviously, he was a huge prospect uh, for the Red Sox, came over in the sale deal. I think if you can get an uptick in those walks, uh, bring that K rate down. It's 27% K rate. But yeah, that BABIP was so insane last year. Yeah, ADP 69 right now. He's right around where, you know, a Max Muncy is, a little bit mm-hmm. after Suarez. He's after Guerrero. I'd, I'd put him above Guerrero right now. Yeah, me too. Uh, me and Guile saw Mankata play in the Charleston in the minors in 2015. It was awesome. He was playing for the uh, Charleston River Dogs, and we sat right behind home plate. It was so much fun. My, me and my friend Steve Guile were just sitting there, we had some beers, and we watched the game. And he was stacked back then. He was His shoulders were so powerful and broad. And he didn't do much that would be like, wow, that's impressive. But just watching him at the plate, watching him on the field with the rest of those guys, you could tell that he was a man among boys. And I was very impressed. And I do believe that next season in 2020 could really be the breakout year. He's still, still only 24 years old. What I want to know, though, Mike, is where are those stolen bases that he had in the minors? Hmm. 2015, 49 stolen bases in 81 games. 2016, 36 stolen bases True. in hey. 61 games. Is he just bulked up too much now? Is it a lot harder at the major league level? What it's the American he, League. They don't steal as much. He had, ten, he had 10 stolen bases last year. There's a lot of things that go into it. I think he could steal more bases if he wanted to. They just don't. It's a philosophy thing. It's a lineup situation thing. It, I mean, stolen bases are hard to find out of top guys anyways. It's true. Except Francisco Lindor. You can find him there. Lindor. All right, so that's our top ten. Uh, you know, we don't know everything, but we try to mix in some fresh takes because that's what we do here on the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Okay, so let's go back to Lima time again. Believe it, third base edition. Deary, third baseman we like. I, I love Mancata. Do you love? Do you believe in Mancata? Because I'm uh, not clear. I wasn't clear on what you were saying. Yes, you, yes, I believe him. Okay. What about Jeff McNeil? I believe in Jeff McNeil. Remember, like I always say, it's going to be Lima time no matter what, baby. 
<laughs> he was a guy drafted second to last last year in a 14-team league. <laughs> yep. So I got him way late, and he ended up being a massive bargain. I picked him up as a uh, as a free agent last year, and he ended up being a top 70 player in my league that I was playing in. Jeff McNeil's a guy I really, really like. Now, he has kind of underwhelming stats for a third baseman. I think slotting him in at second base would be make more sense Sure. Um, in, in terms of his ranking. The guy had never, ever been able to hit for power throughout the minors, like under like five home runs bad. Yes. And last year he had 23 home runs, and that most of those came in the second half. He really came on. Uh, you know, I think he batted about 315 last year. I like Jeff McNeil. What I'd like to see him do is maybe get a little uptick in the walks and also stolen bases. He has some speed. The guy's a solid player. The guy, he's a professional hitter. He's going to hit over 300 again. He'll probably, you know, be fighting for that uh, batting title out there in New York. Uh, ADP right now is 98. Um, you know, I got, I got a 10 team, 10 player keeper league and he's right on the edge of me keeping him. but I, I, I don't know if I've, I've pulled the trigger on him yet, but, but I like him. Well, since he's come up, he's done nothing but hit for average. That's what he can do for sure. He's proven that in 2018, 63 games, he hit 329. Then last year he hit 318 in a bigger sample size. So the guy will hit for average. He doesn't walk a ton. His strikeout rate is incredible. The guy does, he doesn't strike out much. You gotta love that about him. I I think he's someone that will just give you what he promises to give you. No secrets, no mysteries. You like to maybe steal more. You think maybe he could move on the base pass, but he's not as quick as you would like him to be. Five stolen bases last year. That's eh, whatever. But I he's do got, agree. Second base is the best spot for him. Probably. I mean, he's got good eligibility. You can plug him in anywhere. I mean, he's got outfield eligibility. He's got second base and third base eligibility. Right, but if as a third baseman, you know, he still might fly. He had a 531 slug. That's a, that's a solid slug. I mean, it's not the best in the league, but I think he's just a unique player in this game. He stands out to me, and I'm, I'll am i buy McNeil all day. I've already bought. I bought in last year, and I'm just continuing to buy in what he does. His 916 OPS. So the 916 OPS is better than Chris Bryant, better than Manny Machado by 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Better than DJ LeMahieu, better than Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. Right there, right where Juan Moncada's is. So preach on, man. I think if you get McNeil, you're not going to be let down because he's he's going to be a solid hitter. He's going to hit for average. Pretty good lineup there out there in New York. Should be close to 90 runs if you can get those RBIs up closer to 90. I think Jeff McNeil's a solid player. Well, in the Statcast world, he's kind of a middle of the pack guy. He doesn't blow it away in terms of hard hit rate and exit velocity. Middle of the road, exit velocity 88. Hard hit rate, 36%, so not a masher. But he hits the ball solidly, line drives. Watch out for Jeff McNeil. It's just going to keep getting better. He's going to grow. He's just coming into this now. How about Tommy Edmond? What do you think of him? Do you think Tommy Edmond is going to get enough playing time that he'll be valuable in a fantasy league? Or are we looking at a guy? Because I know the Cardinals are going to try to play him five days a week at least, which could be at a host of positions because he can do it all. What is your opinion on Mr. Edmond? I like Jeff Edmond, or what's it, what's his name? Jeff, Ed- Jeff. Who's is Jeff Edmond? Jeff Edmond? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Well, Tommy Edmond. I know Tommy Edmond. <laughs> I don't know why I said Jeff. Jeff Edmond. Yeah, 348 at-bats last year. Uh, you know, based on what the Cardinals are saying, he should get closer to about 450. The guy's got some speed. He could have close to 20 stolen bases, which is hard to get out of guys that play third. Hit 11 home runs last year in limited time. 
15 steals in 92 games. That's pretty solid. 59 runs. I mean, if the guy can, you know, get a lockdown and actually play a little more and have closer to 500 at-bats, he's a guy who could have, like, 90 runs. Probably not going to give you a ton of RBIs. I don't like his walk rate too much. No, nah, it's bogus. But he had 850 OPS. Yeah, he doesn't strike out a ton either, so. For a guy who doesn't walk much, having 850 OPS, he's he showed the pop. 346 BABIP. Yeah, that is not great. I don't like that. The ADP, 500 slugging for... He's not a huge guy either. I mean, he's... ADP 142 right now. Uh, kind of looking at where that puts him. That puts him actually where Justin Turner is. By the way, he's 5'10", 180. Just want to throw that out there. I used to be 5'10", 180. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. 20 years ago. So, uh, Tommy Edmund gives you steals. He can show... He showed some clutch hits last year. Some big home runs. But then in the playoffs, he was absolutely putrid. Uh, particularly in the series with the that they lost in the NLCS, he was so bad against the Nats. Now the Nats have killer starting pitching, but he, if you check out his playoff numbers, they're god awful. Trust me. So does that a sign of things to come? Did people figure him out, or was it just you know it's a pressure packed situation? I don't know. Any other third baseman that you think uh, you believe in? It's gonna be Lima time no matter what, baby. <laughs> Someone to believe in as a third baseman? So a few guys I want to bring up. Uh, Justin Turner, now 35 years old. Uh, you know He's been injured the last two years. Hasn't played over 135 games since 2016. Redbeard. ADP right now is 149. If the guy's healthy, he's going to crush the ball, and he's going to put up some really good stats. Obviously, health is going to be the issue. I th the guy never swings and misses. 7% swing rate. Uh, last uh, last year, mm. 881 OPS, which I like. Obviously, murder some lineup. He's going to bat right in the middle of the lineup. So at 149, if he comes off and you know he's healthy in spring training and he's ready to go at opening day, I think he's a guy that you plug in right away, and he could probably be a top 10 third baseman to start the season. Or does he regress? And it, you know he's 35 years old, been injured the last few years, had a back problem, some knee problems. But I think Turner's a guy that you could probably, you know, if you take him at, at you know, 149, I, th I think you're going to be okay with him if he's healthy. All right. Anybody else? Uh, I want to talk about Miguel Sano. Ooh. Uh, so Sano's going to be, you know, DH in playing a little bit of first base as well. Last year he played in 105 games. He had an amazing second half. 34 home runs, 76 runs, 79 RBIs. ADP right now is 130. The issue that everybody has with Sano is all he does is uh, basically scorch the ball. He's like almost like no soft hit rate. It's super, super low. Or he's going to strike out. 15.8% swing percentage. That's absolutely awful. The worst out of anybody else I'm looking at on this list. But it's a crazy lineup in in uh, Minnesota. And uh, if, you know he's going to play 145 to 150 games. You're looking at 40 home runs, no problem. 21% barrel percentage last year for Sano. That's top 1% of the league, baby. That is top-notch. He crushes the ball. He's always crushed the ball. He kills it. 94 exit velocity. The guy loves to mash. He takes that 270 pounds, and he puts it all behind the ball. He will hit 40 home runs, no problem, locking in if he plays 130 games even. Could arguably hit 50 with that lineup being so hot. I love Miguel Sano. I'm buying in. He's moving to first base. I like that move. Yeah, ADP 130. I mean, who else is around him at 130? There's Carlos Santana. <laughs> Carlos, Black Magic Woman? Or? Black Magic Woman. Rob, Rob uh, Thomas. Yeah, there's not. Wait, what's that guy? Rob Thomas and Smooth. That was a huge hit in 99, man. My mom loved it.
Everybody, yeah. People like that song. I don't understand that. Uh, uh, would you rather? You could have Sano, or you could have Eduardo Escobar. Would you rather have him? Uh, or would you rather have Yuri Gurriel right behind him? Oh, I don't, I don't like Yuri. Um, Sano is sandwiched between Escobar and Escobar's going to have a regression. I go with Sano. All right. What about Mike Moustakis? Hmm. He's at an ADP 102 right now. He's going to be out there in Cincinnati. He hit 35 home runs again last year. He'll hit 40 home runs in Cincinnati. If he gets to play 130, 140 games, I believe that will happen. All right, so uh, let's get back to more of the Walking Dead. Zombies at the third base position. Eduardo Escobar, we're just talking about him. And Yuli Gurriel, actually. We just mentioned both those names, oddly enough. Sandwiched around Miguel Sano on ADP. I would take Sano over both those guys. Yuli Gurriel had that incredible tear starting in about June last year. He was just smoking the ball, hitting home runs. His OBP was above where it should have been. It was a total farce. There's no way I'm buying into any of that happening again. It was nothing that you would see in his previous profile. He's also 35 years old. Well, right. He came over from Cuba originally, right? And he was a big signing. People were excited. But he's never shown in the four years he's been with the Astros the kind of pop that he was showing last year. He's shown it in flashes in the playoffs. But 31 home runs last year, 104 RBIs. Projections for home runs this year at almost all uh, you know sites here have him around 22, 23 home runs. Well, he hit 300, and his BABIP was 289. <laughs> That's interesting. That is interesting. He just had that little streak there. He doesn't strike out a lot, so that's something you can enjoy. 10% strikeout rate is nice, right? But I just don't buy it. It just seems like a fluke. The other years, he never even hit 20 home runs in a season, and he played in 139 and 136 games. No way. I know this ball is juiced, but that's what it was. Uh, and as far as Eduardo Escobar, the guy had a hell of a year last year. Is Eduardo Escobar going to repeat what he did last year, Deary, and take it to another level? There's got to be some regression. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been bouncing around the league a little bit. And just, yeah, last year he was just nuts. I saw a couple trades in fantasy leagues I was in last year where he was getting top talent in return. I, I think there's a there's a regression. He's at ADP 114. I actually think that's a little high. He had 118 RBIs last year, 35 that's homers. That's nuts. There's, I, there's no way he repeats that. He never came even close. He never had, a, he never had 90 RBIs in a season. He had a Brady Anderson season. It was insane. Wow. I'm, if you're buying that Eduardo Escobar, good for you, but no thanks. I don't want anything to do with that. He's 31 years old. He had a fluke season, a career year. That's it. And then lastly, uh, Miguel Andujar, another walking zombie. I'm going to say this because, first off, he's coming off the major injury last year, but he's healthy probably. Main concern is playing time. All these guys that stepped up last year, Ursula, uh, even a guy like Mike Ford, right? I mean, there's just so many players around that <laughs> roster. How is he going to find playing time? And his defense is putrid, so they don't want him in the infield. No, Urshel is a real, real nice third baseman. He was a great fit for the Yankees last year. Had 21 home runs, 73 runs, 74 RBIs in 132 games. Going to bet near the end of that lineup. Super dependable guy. Andahar is a guy that I drafted. I want to say I drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round last year. Played, I think, one week, and then he got injured. Yeah, he's a putrid arm over there at third. I think they're going to hide him a little bit at DH, but it's going to be hard for him to find playing time, especially if he can't get into the groove early. Don't you think that Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier are going to be packaging a deal for the Yankees at some point? Like, they just don't seem long for the team. I'm amazed Clint Frazier is still on this team. I thought they were going to trade him at the deadline last year for some pitching. I think they'll probably gear up now and do it again this year to yeah, see where they're at. There's just no room. 
Attention, keyboard shoppers. That's right, attention shoppers, it's bargain bin time with Deary. So Deary's got some bargain bin grabs that you're gonna love. JD Davis, you love this, you think he's a bargain? JD Davis, ADP 182 right now. So he's got a high K rate. What I really like about him is he hits the ball hard. Uh, doesn't hit the ball soft, only 11% soft contact. So he, he hits the ball hard, hits to all fields, which I really, really like. What I wanna know though is how many games is he gonna be playing out there? It's kind of, you know, a mess out there, whether he's going to be playing left field, he's going to play third base at all. Mm-hmm. He had 22 home runs last year, and real nice Babbitt, but 355, 895 OPS. I think at 182, that's a nice spot to grab J.D. Davis. I think he's a nice bargain bin. Dominic Smith is competition for him, too, so it's going to be interesting who plays in left field all the time. Dominic Smith showed some promise last year. I don't know. I would be cautious. J.D. Davis is a darling of the fantasy community. Uh, Everybody seems to love him. He led a lot of teams to a title late last year with his surge. We'll see what happens. And then there's Hunter Dozier, Deary, of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, Hunter Dozier. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Royals lineup might be a little better than you think. Uh, Nice Z contact of 90%. That's really, really high up there in, in the league. Um, 26 home runs last year, 75 runs, 84 RBIs. I think he has the potential to go 30, 80, 90 this year. He's 28 years old now. Wow. Right in the middle of that lineup, ADP of 176. I think he's he's a decent guy to go after. Dozier is a doozy, folks. I love Dozier, too. I'm buying on all the shares of Hunter Dozier myself. Then there's Yandy Diaz, the find a little piece of the puzzle in the bargain bin, dearie. Yeah, Yandy Diaz, ADP of 270. Steal. Last year he played in 79 games, real good walk rate, had 14 home runs, 53 runs, 38 RBIs. Took yeah, over. yeah, yeah, but wait, wait, what What about playing time? That's got to be the big issue. You got uh So he's fighting Wendell and Robertson for third base. Third base exclusively now. Wow. Well, he can play anywhere on the infield. But, well, I know uh, he played first a lot, too. Right now but... they're slotting him in. Just looking at some of the depth charts, I mean, we'll see how spring training goes. Most of the depth charts have him starting at third over Wendell right now. Okay, all right. And if that's going to be the case in a real nice raise lineup, the guy has a nice walk rate over 10%. Um, his swinging strike rate is under 10%, which I like. If he can bump the OPS up a little bit, I think at 270, that's a real nice bargain. Mmm, that's a hell of a bargain, Ben. There's some steals in there, folks. Get on that now. Davis, Dozier, and Diaz. Oh, they all have Ds. The triple Ds. How about that, Deary? I love triple Ds. And you're Ds. the fourth D. Four Ds. Deary's four Ds. Davis, Dozier, Diaz, and Deary. Okay, last segment. Putting it all into one here. Combining first and third base. Can't quit you. I wish I knew how to quit you. People you just can't let go of. You know maybe you shouldn't do it, but you do it anyway because these players are fun and they have shown promise at times or maybe they did something special for you in your league once upon a time. Deary, give me somebody you just can't quit. Yeah, so it's three guys that I already talked about. Uh, Justin Turner, Edwin Encarnacion, and Mike Moustakis. All all older guys, Encarnacion 37, Turner uh, 35. Five, I believe, and Mustakas, I think, is 32. That's true. I mean, these guys are just dependable, but I can't quit them. I can't quit them. They're all in really, really nice lineups. If they can stay healthy, I think they're going to be a real boost to your fantasy lineups. I think the thing the three of these guys have in common, too, is their value. You can get good value on these guys where you can get them. That is something that stands out to me. There, there are three guys that have the potential to be top 50 guys. I wish I knew how to quit you. Three guys I can't quit? Dan Vogelbach. The healthy-sized Dan Vogelbach, who strikes out a ton and may lose his job because of it, but he walks incredibly. 16%, is that correct? Yes, that is incredible. His walk rate is amazing. He had 30 home runs last year, and he totally slumped. 
He was at a 400 OBP in the first half of the year, and then the second half was just pathetic. It was really the word to describe it. But I love him. They're going to be a crappy team anyways. I know they're uh, the future is starting soon with Evan White, who got that crazy contract as a double-A player. That's not you know something that usually happens every day. But I just can't let him go. And then Miguel Cabrera, you know, we're in Detroit here, the Tigers. Miguel Cabrera is a Hall of Famer, one of the best right-handed hitters there ever was. Tough to let go of him, right? I mean, he you think maybe he could still give you an OBP in the 380s, and you hope that maybe he could hit 25 home runs, but that's just not happening anymore. I've never had Miguel Cabrera on a fantasy team. Well, I know I have once upon a time. I had to. I, I, it's never happened for me. Wow. That is an interesting stat. And then lastly, Jesus Aguilar. Aguilar? Aguilar? Aguilar. There's not two L's, so we'll go Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar was incredible in 2018. 35 home runs, 108 RBIs. It was like, whoa! His draft value that year was ridiculous because nobody was even expecting anything out of him. He had shown some flashes when he got brief run for the Milwaukee Brewers, but he exploded in 18. And then last year happened. He fell apart, and the Brewers dumped him to the Rays. And then he hardly played with the Rays, and now he's on the Marlins. So there's a special heart. Special heart? You got a special heart, Michael. I got a special place in my heart for... Jesus Aguilar. All right, so that is our first and third base review. The question is now, who shines or rides the pine? Deary, I'm going to give you 15 names. I'm going to go bing, bang, boom, lightning style, right? I'm going to give you a name, and I'm going to give you a projection. All projections are based off of steamer from Fangraphs, okay? Gotcha. And you tell me, you're going to shine, or is this person going to ride the pine based on this stat? I want to hear from you, okay? Do you understand the rules? I understand the rules. Here we go. Player number one, DJ LeMayhew, 345 OBP, according to Steamer. Over, 370 this year. Wow, he shines. Okay. Matt Olson, 38 home runs. 36 and 127 last year. He's going to shine. He'll hit four. <laughs> How about that? Wow, okay. That seems pretty easy, actually. Edwin Arcanacion, your buddy, your pal. 86 RBIs projected by Steamer. Shine. He plays 130 games. He'll do it. Hmm. Daniel Murphy combined 147 total runs and RBIs combined. Any way it happens. That's a big Vader no on that one. Mm. Are you? Do you think Daniel Murphy's done? Yeah, I think he's done. Wow. Okay, he plays a course field, just saying. Uh, Dominic Smith, 242 average. Can he beat that this year? That's his projected steamer. 282 last year. If he has consistent playing time, I'm going to go yes. Shine. Okay. Here's our buddy again, Jesus Aguilar, projected steamer, 442 slugging. Yep, 470 this year. Miguel Cabrera, 20 home runs predicted by steamer in a healthy season. Sorry, my friend. He won't be healthy. He'll struggle to hit 50. Dan Vogelbach, 14.6 walk rate? Yeah, he's always had a high walk rate, so I'm going to go yes. Mm. Okay, we, you talked about this earlier, and now it shows up. Mankata, 12 steals. 12 steals? Yeah. Yeah, 12 steals, no problem. He'll have 10 to 15. <laughs> wow, okay, well, Steamer seems to think that's a fair number for a whole season. I well, like that. You put on this dock 20, so I said originally said no, and then you told me 12. What? Wait, 20 what? Steals. 
I put 20 on there? I thought it was 20. Hmm. No, Steamer says 12. That's clear. Okay, yeah, yeah. 10, 10 to 15, no problem. Well, McNeil, 20 home runs. That's a 20. Jeff McNeil, 20 home runs. I'm going to say no. Ah, Jeff Kingery, 134 combined runs in RBI. Who's Jeff Kingery? I said Jeff. Oh, crap, you're right. I did Jeff King from the Pirates in the 90s. Oh, I love Jeff King and that mustache. <laughs> Scott Kingery. Kingery, 134 runs and RBIs combined. I'm going to say no. He's not going to get on base enough, and he's not going to bat in a nice part of the lineup. Wow. I would seem so... Wow, okay. Uh, Austin Riley, 29% K percentage? Oh, yeah, it'll be over 30 this year, so uh, he's not going to He's gonna be sharing time, so every time he gets up the play, he's going to swing as hard as he can. He won't be patient, so yeah, he'll have a uh, K rate of like 30%. Stunning results here. All right, last couple. Miguel Sano, 337 on base percentage. Yes, Ks will go down, walks will go up. The king in the north! The king in the north! Mm. Eduardo Escobar, here he is again. Only 167 combined runs in RBI. I'm not huge on Escobar, but I think the 167 is doable, so I'll say yes. Okay, well, last year, yeah, he had a combined 218. Yeah, so. he had over 200. <laughs> 212? Uh, yeah, that was so. that's a lofty number, but he could easily surpass that. And then lastly, Brian Anderson. Can he hit 259? Yes, lots of singles. Real men of genius. Okay, singles count for hits and average. That'll play. All right, so that is the wrap-up on China Ride the Pine. Well, Deary, what do you say? You want to read the mail? You've got mail. Read the mail. Yes, mailbag. So this is coming in from John. Your voices lift me up like a choir of angels on high. Wow. In a 14-team standard 10-category head-to-head league, OBP instead of average. That's important. Is it wise to focus heavily on one or two categories each for batting and pitching, say home runs and RBIs, or Ks and whip, or is it smarter to target guys for a more balanced approach? Apparently it's from Shelby Foote. Oh, he signed it. He wrote it as John, and then he's Shelby Foote. I don't know oh. how that happened, but thanks, Shelby. <laughs> Shelby's yeah. Foote. <laughs> there was war in 1843. Sure. Shelby, you got to have a lot of share, share. I can't do a Shelby as good as uh, Steve Geiler. He does a really good one. Okay, anyway, so the, the question is actually asking, should you go for a balanced approach in categories, or should you try to win, like, or dominate a couple categories? Is that what he's saying? That's exactly what he's saying. So what are your thoughts? Do you think it's about dominance of a few categories on each side to win them, or would you like to just be across the board balanced and hope that you win the majority each week? That's tough. I mean, I think about it this way. There's, you know... 10 to 15 absolute studs that are going to get all those categories that you're looking for. But you can't get all those guys on your team. So at that point, you're probably going for, you know, guys that are just hitting a ton of bombs. I've always been someone who goes for a lot of guys that hit a ton of bombs and hit a ton of, have a ton of RBIs. You know, maybe if there's K's in that cat in that uh, league, you know, K's are going to hurt you. But I mean, I can see it going both ways for myself. I generally go for guys that are, are going to be high in a couple categories. That's a good call, Deary. I completely agree with you. I think you are spot on. You go for some big-time categories, and then you just lock them down. If you can get two major categories locked in on both sides, that's four wins, and then you get another one by luck because categories weekly is so up and down. You never know what's going to happen. A guy goes on a hot streak for five days, and then he's 
totally gassed the next week. So Yeah, I mean, I'm, think about it this way. So I have a keeper league. You keep 10 guys. I'm keeping Roberto Osuna and Aroldis Chapman because they're both going to have close to 40 saves. They're the number two and number three closers in the league. Ooh, watch so out I'm, for Ryan Presley, dude. So I'm, so I'm keeping oh, – I have, I have Presley as well. Ah. <laughs> but we also have holds in that league, so that's why Presley was a top 40 player last year. That's a big difference right there. And your K-9, right? Yeah, his K-9 was fantastic compared to Osuna. Osuna's was a little under 10. I'm hoping he can get an uptick in that this year. Hey, I'm not worried about it. Okay, uh, we got Ricardo Montalban's checking in again. <laughs> what do you know? He just he won't quit. He won't quit us. He loves the show. Thank you, Ricardo. Uh, he says, do you think Trey Turner or Tatis Jr. will have a better 2020 fantasy season using general stats? Thank you for that, general stats. Real simple. Turner or Tatis Jr., dearie? Tatis Jr. 2020? 2020. Who has more steals, Tatis Jr.? Turner? Oh, God. Is Trey Turner healthy? I think so. Are they so. playing the same amount of games? Yes, yes, yes. Turner. Okay. Tatis, so Tatis is so big. Like, those steals, like, are going to go down as his, his career progresses. Okay. Turner's going to get him in steals, and I think Turner, if he plays a full season, really going to break out this year. I, yeah, I mean, you have him, I think, uh, bottom end of your first round, right? I love Turner. I He can, in the world we live in now, he can definitely hit 20 home runs, no problem. And then he's going to score a ton of runs in that lineup. If he's healthy, all the other numbers will fill the void. But he can't quite do it all like Tatis Jr. can. But I really think this is tight. It depends. Roto League, I might take Turner over Tatis. I really would. Uh, all right, then the next question is, how much of a downgrade is Mookie Betts to L.A. for his production? Deary, is there a downgrade? That's really the question? Yeah, it really is. No, I think he's going to put up very similar stats, if not better. No change from Fenway to Chavez Ravine. That lineup is just so incredible. Like, you, you can't pitch around him. You, maybe he doesn't have the same amount of home runs, but he's still going to have a ton of doubles. Guy's going to get on base. I mean, the guy's a top top 10 talent. So uh, He might score even more runs. Probably. I think there's no... Yeah, that, he might score like 140 runs. He's going... These two teams that he played for, Boston and L.A., played in the World Series against each other two years ago. So he's not, it's not much of a change. I think... Might be a slight change of the home runs, maybe, but I really don't think so. He's in a contract year two, so everything's going to be ball out for him completely. I'd be shocked if he had a if he had like a just an okay season. Yeah, I completely agree. And last year was actually kind of a a slip down from the previous year when he was legendary. So if anything, he'll probably bounce back more. All right, next question is which round? This is still from Ricardo, by the way. He always does four parters. Question three is, which round do you usually target a non-JT Realmuto slash Gary Sanchez catcher in? Do you, what's the round that you go for a target of a catcher that's not really the top four or top three guys? So when I'm planning out my drafts, I don't really think of like rounds that I'm going to go for a guy. So if Realmuto and Sanchez is out, it's kind of what other... Which, what other owners are doing, if if some catchers start going off the board, then I might go after a guy. But really, I'm just going to go after need of where I need guys. And we talked about catchers. Like, there's some good value that you can get guys a little later. So unless you're getting, you know, those top few guys, Rio Muto, Sanchez, I like Grandal this year. Um, I think you can wait. And, you know, we talked about the guys that you can get later. So uh, I, I don't think of an actual round when it comes to this. It's so hard to plan out you know, round by round when you're going for a guy or saying, you know, and I've talked about this before. I'm not going to be like, oh, I have to get this guy in the fifth round. If he's there, I'm going after him. He's if mine. If he's not there, then I'm going to freak out. Yeah, I, I kind of let the draft play out as as, as I'm there. I, I know enough about all these guys. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard for me to answer that question, I guess. 
I think if you're not going to go top studs in, you know, anywhere from round four through six or seven, then I say you chill and just ride it out. If it's a two-catcher league, I think you definitely hit up one of those stud catchers right away. You go for it because it can give you a big advantage. God, but, a two-catcher league sounds like a nightmare. Well, it's really the standard now in the, the TGFBI, the thing that we got into, the great fantasy baseball invitational. That is a two-catcher league. It's pretty much standard in analyst leagues, a lot of two-catcher leagues, roto leagues, two-catchers. So it's more prevalent than I or you or I ever thought they were because you're right. I never played – maybe one time I played in a two-catcher league, but I guess they – I don't know the actual reason why they do it. If you guys know, hey, let us know. Hit us at Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. And then the final part of Rich's question, Ricardo, why does Mike sound like one of those bird monsters from the Dark Crystal when he says, hmm? I haven't seen that in so long. I can hardly... Do you remember that? Dark Crystal? So I remember the movie, but I had a book when I was a kid. It was like, uh, you know, one of those hmm. thicker kind of kid books that had all those crazy looking birds and weird ass monsters in there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember much about the Dark Crystal. I know they did like an animated thing uh, maybe last year that my wife started watching. And I think she turned it off like 20 minutes in. I remember when I, when I went to Central Michigan back in 98, there was this girl that looked just like the girl from the Dark Crystal. I remember that. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I remember that girl. I, I definitely remember the. Yeah, what that she girl looked just like. like her. Uh, it was strange. It was Did you uncanny. date her? No, it wasn't me. It was a uh, friend, Dave. Dave was into her. So oh. Didn't work out, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> he tried. It was a failure. Uh, anyways, yeah, Dark Crystal is fun. It's got Muppets. It's terrifying. All right, and then our final email of the show. It's from our old friend, Heath Dorman. He's back. Hey, Heath, good to hear from you again. <laughs> I love Heath Dorman. He says, advanced analytics have exploded in the last five years. What's the balance you find is best between your gut, classic stats, and the advanced stats? Which do I prefer? <laughs> well, what's the, he says, what's, what's the balance? What's the balance? What balance do you find is best for you as a fantasy manager? Okay. 50% gut, 30% new stats, 20% classic stats. Wow, that's a very precise answer. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have an answer for this. So much of fantasy baseball is my gut and me watching a ton of baseball. Obviously, I have the MLB package, so I watch as many games as possible. Uh, but, yeah, I love these new stats. We talked about this a couple weeks ago and, you know, how useful these new stats can be. So I'm definitely going to continue to use them more in fantasy. Well, the gut is based on experience, right? It's something you can't quantify on paper necessarily because of your lived experience, right? Correct. You get all existential on here, but you've experienced baseball on many different ways over 30, 40 years. Yeah, we've watched it. We've played it young when we were younger. We've been to baseball games, watched it on TV. We've absorbed stats from all angles. It's just something that kind of leads you to a decision that you make in the moment based on all of that. There's just something you like when you see a guy who's really starting to produce and you're like, I see that guy projecting to be a, a really solid player, like a Matt Olson. Right, right, exactly. And you've seen the progression and the growth of players year after year after year, right? We've seen players come up a million times. So we've seen it all. And once you've seen it enough, it just kind of makes sense to you. You look at the stats as a baseline, but then you'd use your gut and you throw it in there. And I think that's what the gut is. It's not just a paunch in your t-shirt. And that will do it for another episode of Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. This has been Episode 5. First baseman and third baseman were the focus today. We'd like to thank all of you for listening, for following us, 
And those of you on Twitter, thank you so much for watching. If you took your time to do that, appreciate that. Uh, you can find us at Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We're on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast. How many L's? How many Z's, dearie? Two L's, two Z's. It's just that easy. Please, let us know if you like the show. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, give us a shout-out. Give us a rating. Give us a response. We'd love to hear from you. The more, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Michael Gobier, and that is Christopher Deary. We'll see you next time. Kids be rocking clocks where I'm from. You turn around your cap. You talk over a beat. And dick some sounds booming out of Jeep where I'm from. Cocoons hide the youth. Swing units hundred proof. You want some beef? They will cut you some where I'm from. The beats is infinite where I'm from. Voodoo at Shubanine. Gangsta lean where I'm from. I'm interplanetary. My insect movements vary. It's kinky if it's hair. Jeep where I'm from. The fire hoses blow. It's purple when it's snow. I do a hit and go. Split. It's hip, what's hip, when hip is just the norm Cause planets pledge allegiance to the funk in all its forms The kinks, the dance, the prints on all the shirts My grandmother told my mother it's Africa at work On vibes we freak, them universal beats You find it at the spot, you hear the ends of every week We twist, exist, to spin the maddest hits Up here funk is our neighbor, so we paid her a visit The lift we sit